this week on Podcast 17. We discuss the game trailers foray into Portal 2, Counter-Strike 2, Left 4 Dead 2, and downloadable content. That's a lot of twos. Philip joins us to cover this week's single-player release list. And we have an interview with Dynas Noodles and Evan from Stargate Legacy. Woohoo! So stay tuned to Podcast 17. That's how we roll. This is episode 15929 on August 16th. Um, this is the first real episode I'm doing from my apartment. Last week was sort of, let's have Matt on, and it was sort of like a patched together episode because I had like background audio, so I apologize to all the non-live stream listeners last week you, so I had to listen to the echoey audio. But are you apologizing for having Matthew on? No, I'm not <laughs> apologizing for having Matthew on. It's just last week... Um, we had extremely echoey audio because I had my speakers on the entire time mm. because so that Matt could hear what was going on or else he'd be like deaf. Who would ever do that in a podcast? How rude. How stupid. Yeah. Terrible. I <laughs> want professional. I'm going to get like a stereo splitter next time I do that. That. So, that'd be or a job. Or a job. Anyway, so welcome listeners to another edition. Um, we got Emmanuel and Philip this week. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hello. And uh, later on in the show, we're going to be having the Stargate Legacy team on. We're going to have uh, Noodles. Um, what? How do you pronounce the other guy's name? Furling? Furling. 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 I want to say Furious every single time. And uh, Ark from Stargate Archaic. Legacy. Archaic. Oh. Wait, Ark's in... I didn't know Ark was in SGL. Oh. Yeah. You're the oh, one who set know. up the interview. Yeah, but I didn't know Ark was part of it. Well, according to their website, it's archaic. Yeah, it's just, no. I think he goes by Arc, too. No, his oh. name's Arctan, as in the um, anti-tangent function. <laughs> anyway, okay, moving on. Podcast 17 News, not much to report um, other than stay tuned to our ModDB page this week and the coming week because we're sort of doing, um, we're sort of doing a full revamp of our mod DB page. Hopefully, we can get some stuff set up. It's gonna lot, look a lot like the uh, developer banter page and the modcast page now. So we got Matthew Dryden helping us with that, and uh, it's gonna look a lot more pretty. And now I know why I'm calling him Furious. His full name is Furious Furling. That's why. Okay. What's there you furling? go. So I'm not. So I'm not crazy. Isn't that that game where you throw um, the big stones down the ice? What? Yeah, that is curling. Hurling, yes, yeah. yes, It's a yes. very Canadian game, actually. <laughs> because we all know that you wouldn't dare play us in hockey, so you had to invent what? a new game that we couldn't play. What? Canadians are great at hockey, even though I don't I like thought um, the Scots invented curling. Oh, I don't know, maybe. I don't know history. <laughs> anyway, it's not that important, is it? No, don't quote me on anything. All right, moving on. Follow up on Arata. Um... We have some news. Uh, Perfect Stride was released last week, and it was released, I think, on the Saturday, and we didn't get to cover it, and this was something that I wanted to cover. I don't know. Emmanuel, did you get to play Perfect Stride? Did you at least try it out? Nope. It's hard. Oh, my Is God, it? it's hard. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no. Yeah, I did. It's really hard to get the hang of, like, the momentum and stuff, but they got some pretty cool maps. The new version of Perfect Stride uh, contains a new map uh, called New Okio. Um, it allows for perfect stride challenges and it has the new mouse only controls, which basically mean you hold down 
um, left to strafe left, or mouse button left to strafe left, and mouse button right to strafe right. It's pretty cool. Philip, you got a chance to play this before, right? I, I played the original version, and um, I enjoyed it, but as I think I said last time, it, I found it really, really hard, probably because I'm not very good at these types of games, but looking at the screenshots for the new the new one, the new Okio, mm -hmm. I don't know, it looks even better. It looks even better. I, I'm curious to hear from somebody who's played both versions to see whether it's easier. Now, when you were played it originally, did it have these light trails, or was this something added in the new version? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. Because I, I would have rem I would have remembered just like having these little circles as I was going in, in this circle. I would imagine. Mm -hmm. The one thing I noticed about Perfect Stride, though, which was a little bit odd, was when when you start the game, um, when you click like New Game, the only thing available on the New Game menu screen or whatever is the the new map, New Okio. And you actually have to okay. like figure out what maps are included in the mod in order to change maps. Unless unless if you beat New Okio, the new ones open up. But uh -huh. I, I'm not sure. It's Did it's you beat New Okio? No, I can't. God, I can't even do anything in this game. It's so hard. I'm so bad mm. at it. I'm bad at almost every video game. But it's hard. You have to really like these types of things. But I can appreciate what he's trying to do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might just be one of those things that you just need a little bit more practice to get the hang yeah. of it. And then once you do, then things are much, much easier. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and I mean, I you, mean he, he executes the concept brilliantly because mm -hmm. it works real well. Once you get used to it, um, once you get like a stride, quote unquote, going, it feels yeah. really fluid. It's just I cannot control it worth crap. Okay. I, I mean, it, it seems to me that this would be a perfect mod for other modders to make maps for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are some other mods that, you know, that would work well, but this looks like a perfect one. If I was a mapper, it'd be like, hmm, that'd be interesting. Oh, you know, I'll, you know, I might try that. Yeah. It's, and... it's like Marble Madness, except you're the marble. Right. Yeah. Which is another mod we'll be getting to later on in the week. That's uh, not a mod. Or later on in the episode. Um, anyway, moving on, follow up on Rata. Shift had a video announcement, and I'm not sure if I'd like to think they made this announcement because of us, but I doubt they did. Um, they said there's an in-game video coming soon, and to quote the website, um, or to quote the ModDB profile, it says, since Shift's inception, the hardest part about modding has been convincing the community that Shift was legit. This was mm. primarily due to the, uh, to the secrecy and lack of information regarding how Shift would be implemented. Many people in the community are strong skeptics and with good reason. No good racing mod has ever arrived for Half-Life 2 and they want to know Shift if Shift will really change all that. Over the past few weeks, the team has been working endlessly on a Shift in order to get the Alpha up to speed. The reason for that, blah, blah, blah. Um, we, can assume the, uh, we can assume we'll be previewed in the video is the working HUD, custom vehicles, custom physics, preview of the work in progress, racetrack, Menu and possibly a first look at single player AI, AI and a f maybe a few more surprises. So Shift is pretty much promising um, an in-game video, which is what you asked for, Emmanuel, last week on the show. I doubt it. I mean, I'd love to see it happen because I I haven't seen anything that in depth in Half-Life 2, but I doubt they'll be able to get anything out that quickly unless they've been working on it behind our backs. Well, that's, that's sort of what they're saying in the post. They're saying due to the secrecy and lack of information. So they are sort of saying they are working on things behind everybody's backs, which is noble. That's sort of the way I like mod teams to be, develop, uh, to be developing and, you know, bring it all to the table all at once instead of these small little updates. So I'm glad yeah. they're doing it that way. It's just uh, they're bringing to the table exactly what you wanted. So if they, if they deliver, 
That's uh, that'll be amazing if they if, deliver actual in-game um, footage of cars racing around and stuff like that. Yeah, that will be. And hope, hopefully, awesome. it's as hopefully it's as good as we hope it is. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what uh, custom physics they've been talking about as well. Well, mm-hmm. in the video this early on, I doubt they'll have anything done. It'll just be the regular car physics, probably. Unless they go into depth and show us that it's not like if they're drifting, then yeah, that's not half like two. But you know, chins up, chaps. Maybe they'll do it. Yeah. Sort of thing. I have yeah, incredibly high hopes. It's just the the question of when. When will we be seeing this? Probably June. You think so? <laughs> Two thousand fourteen. <laughs> no, you know this is a really dedicated team. One thing. I want to say that this team is incredibly noble. They're they're taking all our comments in stride, and I don't mean to be negative about them. I hope they see our opinion towards towards their mod, and that um, we're being skeptics for good reason. Um, we've been promised these types of things in the past, and nobody's really delivered. Um, and like I said, they're pa- taking things in stride. They're posting our sort of comments on their videos and commenting on that. Um, the, their community sort of hates us, it seems, but I guess. Well, sometimes skepticism and hate is a great motivator. I mean, if I was a developer and um, Emmanuel said, oh, it's not possible, or I don't believe them, that would that would help me. I would then, you know, be up to three o'clock in the morning working even harder to prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. I just you want know? the shift team to realize the reason we are being so skeptical is because we want to push you to create something awesome. Because I would love a racing game, and I know for sure Emmanuel would love a racing game. I already get like 50 of them, so... I'm cool if you guys don't do it, but if you do, then <laughs> awesome. I, that's another multiplayer game I can own people in, so I'd be more than willing to have that around. <laughs> anyway, so. moving on with the show. Emmanuel, do you have anything to apologize for this week? For owning noobs, actually, because I went to a LAN yesterday, right? And there was this tournament for yeah. Call of Duty 4, and it was two versus two, and the kill limit was 500, right? You get 10 EXP for kill. And I was doing so well, my teammate was just AFK. I, the final score, I had like 430 of the, of the 500 points. It was insane. Very good. I always love going to local lands with, you know, not gamers and just owning them and feeling good about <laughs> myself. Because I'm really bad at video games. And if, if I go online in multiplayer in like on, say, like Steam or something, I just get destroyed. But if I go to a local land and there's people just getting into games, yeah, I'm the king. It's badass. <laughs> You're the king. Well, <laughs> if if you happen to live in Florida and you want to go to a local LAN, it's monthly, and we'll it's called PNPLAN.com. We'll we'll have the the link in the show notes, and you can come meet me and then hit me in the face for saying something bad about your mod. <laughs> um, but or just hit uh, him in the face just for talking. It doesn't have to be because he said something bad. Well, actually, I should. I sh- I don't want to apologize, but I just want to. I just want to. Well, I, I will. I should say sorry to the shift team for being so, I not mean, but critical. But we we're critical because it's like it's like a tough love. We want them to succeed, so we just we let them know that we don't that we we expect them to fail, so that it motivates them. Because I really would like to see a good mod for that sort of thing, and because not only because I want to see them succeed but also because if they do well with shift who's to say that they won't do a proper half-life rally-ish mod which is so yep all right moving on with the episode even further straight from the mouth of valve this has been a big week hey 
No? I'm really for okay, I'm not mad at Valve, I'm just mad at game trailers for being such assholes. Okay, well let's wanna... let's just ignore the game trailers thing right now and go to like sort of the crux of the week and that was the classless update for TF two. Yes, the classless update. I actually played it. Did you? How'd you like it? It's um cool. Actually the new map is very nice. I, I love that it's it's it rains and they've got these new environment effects. It's pretty cool. Now are you I, talking about off blast or the new snow map? The new no, I'm talking about sawmill. Oh, the the revamp of snow, saw sawmill. Yeah, I like that a lot. The way the classless update worked, and for those who haven't been following it, there was three days. And the reason it's called the classless update is because this is the first TF two update that hasn't really featured a class in a very long time. The uh, first day they added hats and I believe they added three new maps, the Tyrant's Helm, the, uh, the Backbiter's Billycock, and the, the Brig Brigade Helmet, the Brigade Helmet for the Pyro. And uh, those are pretty sweet hats if you like that sort of personalization. They look cool. You have to admit they look cool. And then they added the, uh, a new community map, actually, created by Insta called Arena Off Blast. And uh, it's actually a pretty good, almost hilly map. And then the second day, they announced King of the Hill. Now, did you get to play King of the Hill, Emmanuel? Yeah, no. No. But I am I, it, because I, I kept on joining servers, and who was it? The Fat Cat. Someone was joining servers. I think it might have been Ark, and they were not playing new maps. So I was just said, just said, forget it. I'm just gonna play this. Mm -hmm. So I did play the new content though. But I, I am looking forward to the new maps. My here's my thing, and Dave is the same way. I love Push. Push is my Push rekindled my love for TF2, and it's probably the only thing I play anymore. Really? So, yeah, unless unless the update's centered around Push, I don't feel the need to play these maps. So, I guess, um, well, you should probably try out King of the Hill to see if you like that, because the, the new map, um, Cop Viaduct, is specifically designed for that, and they updated uh, Nucle Nucleus and Sawmill to include a King of the Hill game mode. So, yeah. You know, it's funny, three months ago we were complaining about Left 4 Dead 2 and thinking, oh no, is Valve going to turn into EA? Ooh. But, I mean, here they are still releasing TF2 stuff. So. Oh yeah, they love TF2. And, and we'll get to the interview on Game Trailers in a bit, but uh, they absolutely love Game Trailers. I guess Off we're getting told, we're, hold on a sec, we're getting told that there's a total of 27 hats now. The the day one was just featuring three new ones. So that's kind Great, of so they've turned TF2 into really grown-up Barbie. So well, they're trying to add personalization. Yeah, well, the, the yeah, but doesn't this come back to what I ranted about a long while ago about the hats? I mean, really, how important is is that? I mean, it's a hat for going to stay. I mean, okay, new maps and new physics, and but a hat, you know, what's going to be next? Personalized shoelaces? Well, <laughs> lipstick? I mean, come on. Think, think about it. They what else do they have to do? They've uh, they patched it for almost a year now. So, well, really, almost two years now. So, they've essentially done everything. It's now just a matter of, well, now what? So, adding cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but surely the time that they spend adding cool stuff, they could be doing free downloadable content for single-player games or something else. I'd rather, I'd rather see the meet the meet the medic video and some of the new meet the videos because I, I went through and I rewatched all the meet the videos and I love them so much. I love the soldier. So hard. 
<laughs> you are Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love the I, I love the feel of TF2 and the marketing is great and meet the medics and meet the you know the people is fantastic and as enabler BR said maybe they should add tattoos as well. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, on the uh, classless update, I guess on three on day three they added capture the flag for Sawmill. So um, in their little tagline it says seriously, is there anything this map can't do? So now it's. Um, capture the flag, king of the hill, and whatever it was originally. I can't remember what it was originally. And then they added a whole bunch of new stuff, and most notably, actually, on the very bottom, if you go to the very bottom, um, other than Capture Point Yukon, um, they added community requests, which is something awesome that TF2 does. They really sort of listen to their community on the forums and add community request updates, and, and if you look at the... Uh, the other TF2 update later on in the week, they removed some things based on community um, feedback. That's absolutely amazing. Yes, it's good that they do those kind of things. I'm very curious to find out more about how they feel it helps their financial model. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, people keep playing it, but how does that actually help Valve in the long term? Does it ensure that people buy TF3? I mean, people are going to buy TF3 whether they do those things or not. So perhaps it's just them being nice. I mean, I know that I, you know, get heavy on Valve sometimes, but I have a huge respect for what they do. Perhaps in this case, it really is. They're just doing something that's nice. It's costing them money, and they don't have to see a financial return on it. I think what what Valve prides themselves on, though, is um, that they are sort of the the nice development group. They're not like an EA. They like to be different than everybody else. They like to listen to their fans, and that's what makes them perfect. That's what makes them mm -hmm. awesome. And they try to stand out that way. Whether it costs them money or not, that's their persona. That's their image that they try to go towards. And that's just, you know, Gabe in all his glory being awesome. <laughs> can, can, mm. we, can, we, can we move on? Because I really want to yeah. talk about what he had to say. Yeah, let's talk about the game, game trailers. TV okay, okay, okay. So first of all, game trailers is... I, I cannot believe the crap that they put us through because they said find out about episode three in counter-strike 2 on the next game trailers tv and there was nothing about it they just said that to get you to watch it that really whoa, whoa. how old are you emmanuel are you nine <laughs> have you never heard of this yeah i mean people do this all the time yeah but you <laughs> don't actually you... believe them do you well they but then he showed me pictures of counter-strike and i thought <laughs> Listen, it, it, it's, it's not in the fair. newspaper. It must be true. It's on the internet. It must be true. You need, <laughs> yes, but the, you know, you need to drink a little bit of healthy skepticism here. It's just, you can't say stuff like that when there has been no episode three information, and then when you show Gabe Newell's chummy little face on the television, it's, it's you, you believe it. So yeah. I don't know for me, but anyway, yes, the, more the importantly, trailer. the content of that game yeah. trailer show. Go ahead. I was just gonna I was just gonna run down the content in, in case the listeners or uh, the people out there haven't watched it yet. So basically, Gabe talked a little bit about Left 4 Dead 2 and repeated some of the things he said in text interviews about uh, the Left 4 Dead 2 boycott. And uh, most notably, actually, at the very beginning of the interview, he talked about TF2 as a cross-media platform. He's working with, I believe, a comic book artist about how to develop storyline, how to develop plot for all the characters. I believe that's why they're holding back on the new Meet the Videos that we were mentioning before, because they really want to do it right, because Valve isn't really a video production company. They want to, you know, ask other people what they should be doing and how they could be doing it right. And they want to move TF2 and more to the comic book stream thing. They were mentioning about even making a movie. 
I mean, Gabe is totally milking everything, absolutely everything about TF2 that he possibly can. Is milking the right word? Isn't it uh, <laughs> taking as many opportunities as possible? <laughs> it depends if you're looking at it at a marketing standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, do we think that TF2 is the one that is most suitable for... Um, all of those types of, you know, um, oh yeah, I think so. Sub branding and yeah, um, I would say yes. I, I I do too. I'm just you know just opening up that for conversation. I I love, I don't love T2. I I lo I like TF2. That's that's a given. But I think I'm only interested in seeing them do the comics and the videos and all that <laughs> because I want to see them succeed in that. So they do it to Half Life. I would love nothing more than a multi-million dollar funded Half-Life movie. That would be that would make my life right there. The directed properly, written properly and acted properly. I think that'd be great. So, that's that's why I want to see them succeed in the TF2 thing. But at the same time, I love the soldier and I think he's funny. You know what though? I was talking to my girlfriend in the subway and she was sort of asking me um, how how I felt about all this. I don't know why she did, because she knew I was just going to talk her ear off. But um, <laughs> I basically said TF2 has a community that can dissipate. You know, um, The TF2 community has a chance of diminishing, so Valve has to sort of keep them entertained. And I don't want to say they're almost like a small child, but they need to stay entertained. The Half-Life community will always be there, no matter what. There will always be... A constant amount of people waiting for episode 3. You can ask us 15 years in the future, and we'd still be just as excited for episode 3 as we are right now. But later on in the interview, Gabe talks about what do people want more, Counter-Strike 2 or Portal 2. And he actually told people to email him at Gabe and at ValveSoftware.com or whatever. And this is sort of interesting because... What he's basically asking is, do you want us to revive an old franchise or keep a new franchise alive? Because Portal 2 is losing a lot in terms of playability. A lot of people are sort of forgetting Portal and uh, moving on to other things more glorious. And Counter-Strike just totally needs a revival to, from, you know, it's, it's already dead. Let's put it from, that way. Counter-Strike is dead. From, from, the, from the player's point of view... It should be, I, I think people want Portal 2, but from a developer's point of view, like you said earlier, TF2 needs to be constantly updated and they need the players need something dangled in front of them to keep them interested, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Counter-Strike, on the other hand, was completely the opposite. All, they need, all people needed was Counter-Strike, and that was it. Just fix what you have, and then we'll be okay. To this day, I think what Counter-Strike is still the most popular first-person shooter there is. At any moment, you can still find 60,000 people playing it, Probably. and that's just 1.6 source. You still have another 20,000. So, um, I... This is, this is tough for me. If you had asked me three months after Orange Box, I would have said Portal 2, hands down. But now that I've played all the Portal mods and I've essentially realized Portal is probably going to be a one-off because, you know, how deep can you get in a story with Portal? But, but at the, well, I guess at the same token, Portal was only, what, four hours long, so I guess there's still a lot of meat there to be had. I think Counter-Strike 2 right now is perfect because you have people interested in this sort of game. Look at the success of Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Call, Call of Duty 4 is essentially Counter-Strike 2 when you think about it. It's just Counter-Strike with EXP. 
and people love that stuff. So if Valve was to catch this niche and say, well, here's Counter-Strike with new weapons, new maps, new graphics, and your mom can play too, then, well, there you go. And there hasn't been a successful Counter-Strike on the consoles yet, so they can also port it to the consoles and voila. They just made a lot of money. Phil, what do you, what do you think about uh, Portal 2 coming from a single-player standpoint? Well, I think that they're going to really struggle to surprise everybody the way they did with the first one because when we first played it and we first saw it, it was just so revolutionary. It was like, wow. But personally, once I played it to the finish, it, it, I got bored. I mean, I only continued playing Portal because I wanted the story elements that were inherently part of the game. But I think that uh, Valve are going to really struggle to surprise us again. And we are expecting to be surprised. If we get Portal 2 and it's the same with a few different graphics but no new mechanics, I think people are going to be really disappointed. So, you agree? Uh, I guess, yeah, I, I definitely agree because the flavor is gone. The flavor of Portal is definitely gone. And mm. everything that excited me at the very beginning isn't very exciting anymore. So I guess I'm going to ask Emmanuel now then. Um, what do you think people will pick? Do you think the general consensus will be Counter-Strike 2 or Portal 2? Counter-Strike 2, and I say this because it's Valve. Imagine imagine if EA or Ubisoft or Activision was handling the sequel for, you know, Crisis or, or a popular IP. You would think, okay, you know, we'll look at just the, bat the 1950 million bata Battlefield 2s out there. How many Battlefield games are there and how many expansions, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look at Valve... You know, three years ago, before any information on TF2 was released, you would have thought, oh, well, how can you make TFC better? Well, look at it. Look at TF2. It's a completely different game, but it's still within the same canon. It is amazing. What are they going to do with Counter-Strike 2? You know, I, I would love to see Counter-Strike 2 not because I want to play Counter-Strike 2, just because I want to see what they're going to do to it. It's mm. completely different, and I bet they'll probably do it properly. Or it could be the same as better, but I think that's what Counter-Strike Source was. Yeah. Well, they should have done with... Sorry. Sorry, what they should have done with Portal 2 is what they did with Left 4 Dead 2. They should have released it while people were still on the sort of the euphoria wave. Because well, if if Portal 2 had been released, say, six months after Portal 1, I would have probably played it. But now I'm going to be really sceptical. Because as Emmanuel said, I've played all the mods. Okay, it's going to be different, but I'm going to need more convincing. Now, I have two questions for Philip. I guess now I'm asking you, what do you think the public will pick, Counter-Strike 2 or Portal 2? Counter-Strike 2, definitely. And because the, the the public generally aren't interested in, in so there's less people interested in single player games. Now, if Portal Two was a multiplayer game, hmm, or at least a co-op game, well, maybe that would be different. I, I don't. That's, I don't know. I'm sorry. Go on. No, no. I was going to say, but we haven't been told that. So until we're told that, if you have a choice between uh, CS Two or Portal Two, I think most people will want to see Counter Strike Two. And from uh, your experience, I, one more thing, Emmanuel, sorry. From your experience, Philip, do you think Portal 2, if they ever develop Portal 2, will there be cross-integration between the Half-Life storyline and Portal 2 more over than that of Portal 1? Like, will we be seeing maybe areas of Black Mesa? Will we be seeing maybe even Gordon Freeman or something like that? I, I would like to say yes, but somehow I don't think that they'll do that. I think that they, my idea is that Valve like to keep their IPs as separate as possible because, uh, and this is just a, a, a guess, because they don't want to be seen to be feeding or milking off the success of Half-Life. They want to be able to say, look, we've made three, four games that have got nothing to do with each other. 
that shows you how good we are rather than we've got uh, all of these games that we've made that are all connected to the Half-Life universe. So I would love Portal 2 to have much more connection with Half-Life, but somehow I don't think so. Now, with that said, do you think Episode 3 is going to include the Portal gun? No, I don't. Because yeah. I think that that would be so hard to, to, to make it into a realistic situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would stop you from just Portal gunning every wall or every... <laughs> you well, know, no, I mean, no, no. I, I think it could be... Ha- I think it could be a possibility. Think about it, because you're going to the Borealis, right? And they've been mm-hmm. talking about a Portal 2. Maybe they might integrate it into Half-Life 3. I mean, Half-Life 2 Episode 3. And I don't mean you're going to... Don't think of it as in the scope of, well, they're going to give you the one gun for the entire thing. Look at Half, uh, Half-Life 2, the first one. They, they give you that uber grab gun at the end and then they take it away when they need to so they would do the same thing with the portal gun they'll only give it to you within the scope of whatever situation you're in and then take it away through the story somehow but maybe well, why would that they do would... that What's i that? mean i understand what you're saying and that would be one way to integrate it but why would they do that because what benefits would, would it be because first of all they need to quell the portal 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 people and then they're also <laughs> tying in the two stories like they said they would plus you've seen all the aperture uh, references in Half-Life 2 Episode 2. So you know Aperture's going to be there. So there's mm-hmm. going to be some tie-in somehow. Um, but can can I get back to Counter-Strike 2? Because, sure, uh, sure, sorry. Okay, because Nick brought up a good point. And so did Philip that I wanted to comment on real quick. You said that single-player games are are not popular now for developers? I said single-player games are not as popular as multiplayer games, or that's what I wanted to say. I don't know. I can't say this for everyone else, and this is probably just me, but I don't have to play Bioshocks and Far Cry 2s and all the... I don't have to play single-player games anymore because I play multiplayer games, and then I go and download single-player mods because the mods are becoming so good now. So I get my single-player experiences online from other people. That's just me. For me, so, I'm the total opposite. For me, I will not play a AAA title, like a new AAA title multiplayer. I just hate it. I'll play the single-player version of it. Like, for example, you say Bioshock again. But I know Bioshock doesn't have any multiplayer, but if you say it did, I wouldn't play Bioshock multiplayer. No. I'd play Bioshock single-player. That's enough for me. I love single-player experiences. I don't like multiplayer experiences. I, I think it's harder for a game studio to get a single-player experience right in the scope of first-person shooters because you're pretty much just making a run-of-the-mill first-person shooter unless you're doing something that's incredibly linear like Call of Duty or Half-Life 2. It's hard to get it right, whereas I expect this from a mod developer. I expect them to not have a lot of resources and just kind of make it as fun as they can, can, for instance, with research and development. So I get my single-player experiences from other players because, well, they're players and they know what I want, so... But, I don't understand what you're saying. Sorry to interrupt, Emmanuel. How can you get your single-player experience from other players? What do you mean? Well, okay. Single-player experiences are... It depends. Well, first of all, let's establish we're talking about first-person shooters here. I, that It's completely different from game to game. My I loved um, uh, Company of Heroes, but that's an RTS. So that that... that kind of goes with what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I don't need to go and buy Far Cry. I don't need to play Far Cry 2 because I, why would I spend 50 bucks on a game when I can just go download three mods that are just as good to me for Half-Life 2? 
And I feel that because it's made by people like me and just made by average Joes who mod, they're, they're, they have my best interest in it, not making money. So Okay, I so to clarify, money. you're saying that you get your single-player experience from mods, not new retail games. Right, yeah. And they're saying in the live chat, well, they don't have good stories or anything. Well, that's true. That's why I read books. I get my stories from books. But <laughs> I would love, I love it when mods do have good stories. And once in a while, you do get that. You get a good story and a good gameplay, and it's, it's very rectifying. But that's, that's just me. And I, I prefer multiplayer games when they're developed by studios because they, have, they follow a set of rules, and it's not so much what the player wants, but what's balanced and interesting. And that's just... That's how I feel about it. That's my two cents. No, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's a given that it's much easier to create a multiplayer game or even a multiplayer mod than it is to create a single player. And um, Valve, obviously, are one of the people who have done it very well. Can I just just clarify? You said you played Counter-Strike? No, no, never. Okay, because I I thought you said you played (laughs) Counter-Strike. I just wanted to double-check that. Um, No, I've never played. I just want to vocalize something Nick said. TF2, they made successful. They went, they went in a completely different direction, right? Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think they'd do with CS2? He, say, he says it would go uber-realistic, and I, yeah. I'm tending to agree with him. I think so, too. They could, you, you kidding me? You think they'd... I mean, I know they would never do this, but... Counter-Strike 2, like, in a cell-shaded environment? No. No, no, no. no. They would never do that. <laughs> but, anyway, no, we gotta move be- on. There, sorry. sorry, very lastly, there must be other s- visual styles that they could utilize. I mean, yeah. shell, shell, cell shading is beautiful to look at, but it clearly wouldn't work with CF2. But there, mu- there must be others. I mean, they might just go for like a, not a sepia, but, you know, a desaturated feel to it. And they might set it in, you know, a post-nuclear uh, environment. You know, I mean, some. I mean, they could they could play with those kind of elements. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I think they'd probably go ultra realistic, but um, there are lots of other things that they could do visually. You know what? You know what's interesting that what you say about that is, um, you know, you say the whole post-apocalyptic thing, and the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, gray games, and that's something Valve really doesn't do. Is they don't really produce gray games. A lot of their games, mm-hmm. even though if they have a Counter Strike feel, they're very colorful still. Mm-hmm. So it might be interesting to see. A rendition of Counter Strike that is gray, even though we mm. hate it in the game I development doubt, I community. I don't think they'll do that. You well, don't think they'd ever develop a gray oh, no, game? Oh no, no, no. Well, look or at brown game. If someone said four years ago when everyone was making World War II mods, I mean World War II games, would if someone told you, yes, Valve will be releasing a clinical-looking game, you would think, how the hell do you make a game look clinical? But look at Portal; it looks clinical, but it's interesting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I use I use the post pop. Uh, post, uh, post uh, the post nuclear war idea and the desaturated ideas, just as an example, to suggest that there must be many visual styles that they could use, not having to use shell shading. I, I think I think we're on the advent of a type of graphic where it's not about graphics per se, the engine itself, but it's more about immersion. For instance, when you walk, your head bobs up, bobs up and down realistically, and you can lean through over corners and things like that. I think if they were to do a Counter Strike 2, it'd probably be uber realistic—not gameplay-wise, but looking. Um, but at the same time, look at how many faucets are untapped. It, for instance, okay, going back to Bioshock, 1940s, 1950s, you know, Nouveau Riche—that—that's. That's, you know, who would have ever thought of that? And that you could totally pull off a Counter-Strike in that setting with the retro guns and, 
you know, back then Gigan and uh, the SAS were just being formed too. So that'd be very, very cool. Yes, in 1930s and it was Art Nouveau, but forgive me. Oh, there you go. But yes, may, maybe they could do a steampunk version of CS2. I mean, there's <laughs> so many ideas that they kick around the office. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, that would be much more interesting than any of the interviews. No disrespect to any of the people who do the interviews, but just stick a webcam on the wall in the offices of Valve for one of these meetings. <laughs> and, you, you know. You know what's going to happen, though? So I mean, we can cool. speculate all day, and the thing we're doing is we're speculating on things that already exist. Valve will create something unique. They'll create yes. something we've never seen before. So it's sort of moot for us to talk about this. They're not going to do a post-apocalyptic feel. They're not going to do something Art Nouveau. They're going to create their own type of thing that we've never seen before. So I don't think there's any way for us to speculate on what Counter-Strike 2 would look like if they were to go in a new direction. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just so excited and giddy because... I loved Counter-Strike. <laughs> Counter-Strike. If it wasn't for Counter-Strike, I wouldn't be here right now on a podcast about Half-Life. Yeah. Simple as that. Okay, we got to move on. Wait, there was and... one thing I wanted to talk, we forgot to talk about, about the video. Okay. What's that? Uh, and it, oh, and yeah. it was important. Oh, I guess have you ever seen, um, <laughs> did you, have you ever seen those videos where they interview Gabe and they show the development of TF, TF2? Yeah, yeah. It's, you've seen how they do it, right? They just have TF2 running in a window and then they just all tab and work on it and play in the server. And it's just a room full of people playing TF2 and working on it at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what Valve does. Yeah, you guys should go look at the video of them in the office. It's pretty interesting to see how it all comes about. Also, um, what we forgot to mention is that there's going to be katanas in Left 4 Dead 2. Yep, so you don't need to play Zombie Panic anymore. <laughs> Chet said it. Or, or for that um, uh, killing floor. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if Valve watches the community that closely that they're just like, fuck you all, we're going to add a katana and we'll be kings. <laughs> we're going to have the most baddest ass katana. It's going to be 14 feet long. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, we got to move on. And with that, uh, how about, Philip, you take us into the release list? Okay. So first up, we have a release called Induction. Induction is, in fact, more of a role-playing game than uh, a real combat, and I kind of broke my own rules about posting it on the website. Uh, as the name suggests, you play Gordon Freeman on his induction day, and you just have a, a number of simple tasks to perform. I played the release that was before the English subtitles, so I had to figure out what I was supposed to do. And nine times out of ten, that's very simple. But there's one time where you're supposed to do something that um, I didn't realize and took me ages to figure it out. But it's fun. There's little references that people pick up on if they're really into uh, Half-Life. And it's nice to walk around Black Mesa again because I just love Black Mesa. But there's no combat. Right. So anybody this else play it? This, this was interesting because uh, I had a really good time, but I think it's only for a you know, a certain amount of people who really like Half-Life who want to sort of follow Gordon Freeman in his first steps of Black Mesa. But the most interesting thing was this mod used a lot of maps from Blue Shift, if you, if you noticed. Um, like, they mixed in a lot of stock maps that came with Half-Life mm -hmm. and that came with Blue Shift and then mixed in their own little special things as well. Like, for example, okay. that test chamber where you had to move the crystals around. Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice the blue shift, but it's one of those, I tried to put blue shift out of my mind. <laughs> oh yeah, there's tons of blue shift maps in there. Well, okay, fair enough. My, um, in fact, I didn't even write a five-word review. I just said, you know, it's a maybe. As you said, if you kind of like the history of Half-Life, then you'll enjoy this one. Right. Next up on my list, anyway, is Finding a Lost Dog. 
Escape. This is an old release. This was actually released over three and a half years ago. And it's one of the Guildhall releases. And I was excited because I thought, oh, good, I get to play with Dog and have some fun with Dog. But unfortunately, he's more of a hindrance than he is a help. Yes, um, I would just like to say I find it typical that this is a Guildhall release. That's all I'll say. I'm not sure on your view because I haven't listened to everything. But one of the things to remember about Guildhall is that they're generally unfinished which is okay, but often they try to include new mechanics and stuff because that's really what they're trying to do. They're trying to introduce new game mechanics or learn some design technique. So it's unusual to get a really great Guildhall release simply because of the tasks that they've been set by their professor. Right, and what I was really looking forward to when I was playing Finding a Lost Dog is right at the beginning, Dog sort of picks up this object and throws them at the combine and i was like mm. awesome dog is gonna help me through this i might yeah. not even have to kill anybody but then yep. like you said he, be- he becomes a hindrance and you're like Ugh. a couple so. of people on the planet philip post said that they were actually killed by him they sort of got themselves <laughs> into a corner and he sat on them and, uh, which is a little bit bad news but i mean I, I, when i when the this is some spoilers now live listeners or recorded listeners even but when the doors open as you get to the top of the elevator i'd already shot and killed right. all of those guys on the um, Me too. The, the balcony. So when I first saw it, I thought, what the, what the hell is he throwing a, a car up there for? <laughs> Only on the second playthrough did I realize that, um, that he does that. And really, that was a little bit of bad design because we shouldn't have been able to shoot anything. Right. But I found the rest quite fun. Did you? I mean, I, I thought it was quite fun. Uh, my, uh, no, you're not such a big fan. Uh, right. That was very good. My, uh, my five-word review was, who let the dog out? <laughs> there you go. Well, that's I, just, I, I just don't understand. If you're going to a school for games, why is it no better than a regular, you know, something... Is somebody, someone... is somebody beating on metal in the background? No, it's my neighbors. They're building something. So you yeah. have to deal with it. Yeah, you're right. Um, Enabler BR in the um, live stream said, Guildhall also didn't get updated or patched. That's because they're projects. They make this thing, they release it, and that's it. They move on yeah. to the next thing. It's, uh, and one of the interesting things about Guildhall is that too often they're not actually Half-Life enthusiasts. And we won't go into that's that now. But I, think, no, but I think that's maybe an interesting point that, you know, do you need to be? But we won't talk about that now. But Guildhall does have its problems, but there's been a few good finds. Maybe this wasn't one of them. The next one up on the list is Dawn Mod Half-Life 2. Um, this is just an update. Okay, so it wasn't released this time. It was um, updated. I guess I should have moved it into the updated list. But uh, this yeah. is something that I've never played, actually. I've never played Dawn. And, uh, I you played it? I put it in. What's that? Go. Uh, go, go. I was just going to say, I thought it was absolutely amazing. It was like a mix between Ravenholm and Silent Hill. If you like those two things, then you will love Dawn Mod. Yeah, I put it into the Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm backdating my 2007 releases, and this was the first one that I played from 2007. I needed to update it and check what the difference was. And there's no difference between this mod and the original mod. All they've done is they've taken out a bunch of files. Huh. Okay. Because the first. Pardon? They made it smaller. Well, they made the file smaller, but they haven't made the mod smaller. Basically, they took out um, uh, some facial expression files and a few other things. I list them on on the update. Did you, did you know that research and development was only 50 megabytes? Yep. 
So we should we should make it like an awesomeness per megabyte count, and if you <laughs> don't surpass that, then we're not even going to consider it. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting point because it's, it shows how well you've managed to utilize the assets that you're given. I mean, I know some mappers, they won't even think about playing a, um, a new map unless it contains custom content. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we're not like that. We just, you know, we like to see what new pe people do with the same content. I'll play anything. Yeah, we, we so... We want new guns, though. Okay. So what I've got is the updated file had the expression, the download list, and the map sound cache folders removed, along with a server PB, PDB and a client PDB removed from the folder, from the bin folder. That was the only changes. That's why it really got to the front of ModDB, because it was updated. But the mod itself is the same. So if you haven't played it, play it. I have a million and one things to say to all the developers out there about why you should be making more survival mods for Half-Life 2, but I'm not going to because we have the interview up soon and we don't want to make this a five-hour podcast, so continue. Wait. Move on, uh, next, one. Yeah, uh, no, two left. Okay. Next on the list is Mandate of Liberation. This is another Guildhall release, and this was released over two and a half years ago, and uh, I said maybe. I mean... It's nothing special. It's very undetailed. It's very bland, very boxy, and uh, the ending is very frustrating. There's errors because there's missing models. Best I could give it was a maybe, and my five-word review was bleak is an appropriate adjective. You know, you, you, say, you say that, but I actually had a lot of fun playing this. I think the oh, okay. gameplay was actually very action-packed, which is sort of mm -hmm. what I look for. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. It did look bleak. And um, it was sort of like a monotone atmosphere running through the cities. But I really enjoyed the amount of action it had. And, like, it was pretty much nonstop um, shooting and killing Combine, which was fun for me. So. How did you get on with the Strider at the end with no rockets? Uh, with the AR grenades. Yes, no, but did you enjoy that particular aspect? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually really liked that. Um, I liked how the Strider was pretty much destroying the, my cover, which was interesting. Yeah, the like windows, you mean? Well, they, he actually destroys the concrete pillars as well. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I killed him before he got that far. <laughs> oh, lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, you said there was one more? Yes, which is Dream Ball. Oh, yeah, that's an update. But um, I haven't played that because um, I, uh, I only came on the podcast... 10 seconds before it started so yeah I actually i couldn't get this i couldn't get this to work but i think it was a problem with my computer um so we might cover it on follow up and around next week but i love dream ball i love the original dream ball the new uh the new one i think includes some um left out maps quote unquote um and also i think maybe a new campaign i recognize that there was a lava campaign i'm not sure if that was in the original dream ball but uh don't quote me on that all right. I mean, I, I, I love this, this um, basic idea, but you probably need one of those trackballs, you know? <laughs> if you have a trackball, this could be really good fun. But playing it with a mouse, I don't know, maybe it's too, too restrictive. I know for That's... sure they updated the controls. Uh, okay. So that was sort of something they addressed. Maybe, maybe with a Wii controller, this would be fun. Strap to your head. <laughs> you don't have to tilt your head to, uh, to get the ball to move. But it looks fun. Yeah. And lastly, so Sandpit was updated. Um... You can you can check it out. The change log was they added more opposing force en entities. They added a map and two player models from the contact pack from Half Life that was released in 1999. 
and has some fixes. Basically, Sand um, Pit is an actual mod of the the Sven Co-op map. Um, Sand, I can't remember the Sven Co-op map now. Nick, you probably don't remember the name. Anyway, you get to spawn a whole bunch of entries. It's like Gary's mod for Half-Life 1. Um, it's really hard because the engine limits them to do insane, awesome things. But it's if you like that sort of stuff, then check it out. Are people are lots of people playing it? Do you know? I don't know, but they keep updating it, so right. they like Good it. Lots of them. Yeah. yeah. Developers like it. All right, let's move on to Media Blitz and get through this real quick. Um, Emmanuel, you wanna you wanna take us in? Um, my Firefox question. No, you go ahead. Okay. So starting off the uh, Media Blitz for this week, fan co-op map update. They just wanted to. Remind people that um, their Sven Co-op mapping contest is still going on. Um, be sure to have your files in for the 9th of September. You can also check out the Sven Co-op forum to see all the new mapping entries. Some most notable stuff. RNG is doing some great work creating some, like we said before, some gray maps. They look absolutely amazing. Um, some people are sticking with the Sven Co-op crazy atmosphere and creating some kooky maps. I always love it when people develop things for Sven Co-op because we get to see the original developers from, you know, like the the early millennium <laughs> designing their Half-Life maps again and again. It's just great. And they're also looking for a new coder. So I don't know if Sniper has left the team, but uh, Sven Viking is looking for a new coder, which is interesting because Sniper has been part of the team forever. Don't quote me on that either. But uh, they are looking for another coder or a new coder. Additional, they say additional coder, so Sniper must not have left the team. So that's that. Next on the Media Blitz is No More Room in Hell. And this is something we've been asking from them for a long time. But they finally have in-game screenshots of some of their weapon renders, their player models, um, some actual action going on in mod. It looks actually really amazing. It looks a lot like Left 4 Dead. And... Uh, this update has definitely made me look forward to their mod after all the horrible things we've said in the future, in the past. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good. I just have to put it that way. Next, I'd love, um, I'd love it if a mod was to release dedicated to the skepticism on podcast seventy. <laughs> Dedication, not skepticism. <laughs> Next on the list is a Nightmare House trailer. And this is a mod I've never heard of, but they would like to tell us that they are still in development, and they created a nice, nice trailer. Um, some in-game screenshots, some of it is a little bit post-processed, but it was generally freaky. Did, did you watch this manual? This uh, this new trailer? Uh, no. No? I didn't even. Looked see, like I, I looked at the list, and I didn't even see that. That's weird. It's cool. It's a pretty good trailer. They have an HD trailer on their actual website um but you get to see some of the stuff they're working on and this seems like a really professional team they're they're doing a lot of really interesting things what was so, the name of it nightmare house nightmare house let me try looking at it again yep you check that out and i'll move on to combined insurrection and this is something philip might want to comment on um combine insurrection has released some new um I guess player model skins and weapon skins, and they got some screenshots of that. What do you think of some of these, Philip? Uh, okay, I think I would prefer this to be one of the mod that do mods that don't advertise anything and just gets on with the with the job. <laughs> I, I, not that I'm saying that they're doing a bad job, but I think the only people who should be really posting stuff is when it looks absolutely amazing and it's draw dropping. And this isn't. It's good, but it's not 
draw dropping. Wow, I'm having trouble speaking today. I think I would prefer they just post nothing and work, and then one day before the release, they say, here it is. I think that's that's a really good point. And one thing that really irked me about this that a lot of mod teams do is, for example, the, the man hack image, um, which is the fourth image in their little media post, they almost made a collage, and it's really hard to see the images yeah. because they've made a collage. And uh, that almost... I don't, I don't know. It, it takes away from a lot of what they're trying to display. Because the man yeah. looks the same, but I'm sure it looks different if I saw a really big picture of it. I think um, people can learn from what Black Mesa have done, which is just like a comparison. If you're going to make a, something similar but different, then show me the before and the after. Mm. Because I'm looking at the collage, and if you hadn't told me that it's different, I might not have recognized it. Okay, there's two red lights, and that doesn't look... Maybe that's part of the normal man hacks. I don't know, but Nightmare don't... House Two looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you have you, if you're if you're a mod developer, you have to do HD videos that are that cool because that I don't even like horror mods, but that's my that's my steez now. I want that. Looks nice, eh? I know. I've, I've you know that they released uh, Nightmare House already, don't you? Right. This what? Is, uh, this is Nightmare House Two. Right. This is for the second one. Is was Nightmare House One on the Source Engine? Yes. Was it good? I've just posted the link in uh, the live stream. I can't remember. Um, mm, I don't. I only have one screenshot. Could you post it in Skype because my Firefox broken QQ? Oh, I see. Okay. Anyway, moving on with the media blitz. Um, natural selection has been something that we've sort of been neglecting recently. Going back a couple weeks, or I guess months now. Um, they have about three new news posts that we haven't covered here on Podcast 17. The um, most late is environmental props. And they got some really nice environmental props. And then they feature the, uh, the Skulk, the new Skulk model. And most recently, they featured the Armory and how it works with the player and everything like that. And if you read their news posts, you can tell they're really sort of thinking about how to integrate their mod with the player. Um, they say things like um, they want an interactive design, so as the marine approaches, the structure, the, the side closest to them and folds and opens up. They want to make it so that, the arm, that, the, that a new player can definitely point out the armory. They, they mention these types of things, and these are the types of things that a lot of developers sort of overlook, that they should be looking at. And um, take a page from Natural Selection's book, I guess, uh, because this armory looks absolutely amazing. So if you watch the actual render or the animation render it's really cool and really interactive just like they say william forgive me why are we covering this (laughs) i guess because i don't know natural selection is almost (laughs) just because it used to be on it used to be a a half-life mod yeah it's within the it's within the modding community's canon i think it's okay to comment on natural selection but it's going to be a retail game no Yeah, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just asking for clarification. Okay, well, all right. No, well, right. Let's think it's hard for me to justify way. it, but because we have so much history with the original natural selection, I feel as if people are interested in hearing about natural selection too. I, I think about like okay. this. Let's let's say tomorrow Half Life is sold off to EA. Would we still cover Half Life? Well, yeah, but I would be incredibly upset, and I probably still wouldn't do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I'm okay. Say Counter Strike was sold to Ubisoft. Then would you still cover Counter Strike? We mentioned some of their things. Yes. Anyway, go. moving on. Um, the Grey Mod has another media update. 
Um, they say work is going slowly but steadily on the modification. They posted some uh, in-game screenshots of some of their new maps, um, a new player model render, um, cutscene with the lost wallet, quote unquote, which looks actually pretty good. It's reminiscent of uh, of Cry of Fear and um, Afraid of Monsters. Um, and they have uh, a render of their medkit station, which looks pretty cool. So. This is the mod where they had this uh, sort of viral thing going on yeah. YouTube for a while, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I, uh, either that or it's the same name, <laughs> because I know it's for sure. Oh, okay. but, Speaking uh, of... And they, and they had their own blogs as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? I think they sort of... If, if it's the same grey mod, I'm not sure if it's the same grey mod, but if it mm. is, then, yeah, they went really viral. I, if, it looks like they've stopped doing that, but it could be a totally mm. different mod. Okay. Speaking of viral, when's, uh, when are we going to find out some more information on what's in the box? Yeah. I don't know. You follow that more than anybody else. Uh, I'll do my research for next week. Okay. Last two items, and uh, here's something interesting. Um, Star Trek Enterprise Temporal Cold War released an update. They said it's been nearly seven months since their last update. In fact, I think their last update was when they were on Podcast 17, and that mm. was interesting. So they got some new um, head renders. They got a new um, almost like concept art for the light fighter. And they have um, a new video, which I can't get playing for some reason. Oh, it's awesome. Is it? Can you explain what it is? Uh, it basically, it's just the a captain's log talking about the ship is in dark, dry dock and what they're going to be doing. And then you sort of go, th you know, you fly around the dry dock. And um, the voice acting for this mod is absolutely superb. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% I'm not convinced on the text. The text seems a little bit strange grammatically, but the voice acting is fantastic. I mean, really, when I first heard the voice acting for this mod, I actually thought that somehow they'd, you know, edited the real guy doing it because they really found somebody who sounds like him. Yeah. Very impressive. But there's some bad news. What's that? I don't know if you read the whole post, and they said... Um, Oh, David has been uh, feverently coding and moving the mod over to the orange box version of a source engine, but mm -hmm. this might be something to put on hold since I heard a rumor that the mod may be shifting to the Cry 2 engine. Crisis. That's a good way to kill your mod. So, <laughs> so they might move, they're hinting that they might be moving to the Crisis engine, and that would be a loss for the source community because yes. this is one of the greatest looking mods I've ever seen. It's their, mo it's yeah. their loss. It's not ours. I mean, no, it's our loss. No, <laughs> I agree. It's our loss. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, move your, the... move your game to the um, Crytek three or five engine or whatever. Go ahead. Enjoy your four players that are going to play them on. I mean, we can't be seriously thinking that the, the cry two engine has a bigger following than source. Surely not. I don't think so. Oh, I can't believe it. I mean, I mean, maybe there's technical reasons that offer them something, but whew, converting all of the work they've done so far must be a pain in the arse. Yeah. Anyway, lastly, um, we on Media Blitz we have a mod called Tear, something that we haven't covered on Podcast 17 before either. They've uh, added a new cathedral, which looks really nice. Um, mm. Really detailed, which is interesting. And this is a mod, um, a single-player modification for Half-Life 2, which is based on the Source Engine. Players impersonate with young uh, pr pr bleh, player impersonate with young adept who is about finishing his studies and wants to join the thief guild. So that's pretty interesting. Have you heard about anything like this, Philip? No, just uh, since I saw the agenda, I've been looking at it. I hope it's 
I mean, the problem I see with these kind of things is that um, there's a huge amount of work in making this particular room. And I'm scared that the rest of the, the rooms or the areas will not be as detailed. You know what I mean? That often you, you can see this one area that's fantastic, but then the rest is not so good. And if how long do you spend in this room? You might spend 10 minutes, which is a long time, or you might spend 15 seconds running through it. So yeah. until I see more... I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to articles, um, and then we can get on to our interview. So, real quick, research and development has um, almost. They wrote an article. It's called "Why Should I Play." This is almost like a postmortem. I call it a postmortem, but I got yelled at Matthew Dryden for calling it a postmortem. <laughs> um, and basically, they're sort of justifying their mod. And if you haven't played it already, they're trying to convince you to play it. And they sort of give you a rundown on what you get. They, they even have a page where it says players get to build their own car. So I don't know why they're trying to justify their mod. I mean, everybody pretty much says, hands down, this is an incredible mod. And they wrote it themselves. The authors wrote this. Yeah. Not really? Oh, posted by Henley. Sorry, sorry. Henley wrote it. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. So yeah. Dave Traeger wrote it. Aha. Yeah, I mean, I can't understand the reason for this for this piece. I'm not saying it's a bad piece. I just, you know, I mean, you're you're preaching to the converted here, right? You know? right. I mean, if it was like a, an unknown mod that nobody had heard about and it was fantastic, then yeah, sure. But nobody needs convincing to play this mod. Mm -hmm. No, I, don't I if you would, if when when I was approached by William and he said, "Listen, Emmanuel, this is the best two hours of your life. Go play now," I would have said, "Ah." Uh, okay. Well, that's actually what I did say. But when I'm, but if he had approached me and said, "This is a puzzle mod and it's very, very good," I probably would have put it on my back burner and ended up not playing it. Mm. Because I don't like puzzle mods, technically, usually. But this isn't really a puzzle mod to me, so. I call it a Rube Goldberg mod. I hate Rube Goldberg too. I'd, <laughs> I'd rather just it be a mod because that's what it is. And I mean, you do kill people. It's just with a gravity gun. So. Yeah. Anyway, lastly on the articles, um, the Mod Fidelity team, and if you don't know what Mod Fidelity is, shame on you, Podcast 17 listeners, because you should know who they are any already. But uh, the Mod Fidelity team are the people who created Modular Combat. They're creating a new mod, and it's called um, Stealth, and it's called Stealth Death Deathmatch. And it almost feels like they're creating something a lot like Hidden Source. Now, I know they're not doing um, all the sort of opposite. Um, everybody is invisible, except for when you're firing a weapon. Um, how visible you become is dependent on the strength of the weapon you're firing, pistol being one of the weakest, RPG being one of the strongest. So it's very sneaky in that, and also you have to can take your shots wisely, which is sort of interesting. I don't think this has been done before. In the, uh, yeah, I mean, even as a non-multiplayer player, I'm curious as to how this would work. Mm -hmm. You know, would it be much slower than a normal MP game? I don't know. That's right. better, though, I would say. Hmm. But okay. I, I, I actually truly enjoyed Hidden Source, and I'm yeah. gutted that it didn't do very well. But, well, I guess it did all fairly well, you would say. What, right? Hidden Source? It did, yeah. it did pretty good. I mean, we, um, Nick and I had some really good times on Hidden, so... And it was one of those mods that it was one of the first batch of like the first four or five mods that came out and worked for Half-Life 2. Yeah, so. yeah, it definitely was. I enjoyed that. 
Okay, so we're giving the developers of Stargate Legacy a call, and so hopefully we can get them in on this. All right, and we'll be back, and we have... Uh, oh, Dinus just dropped again. We got uh, <laughs> Dinus, Evan, and Noodles from the Stargate Legacy team um, in the show. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey. And uh, I guess, how about we have you guys interview each of yourselves um, before we get on with the question. So let's start at the top and go with Dinus. Um, Dinus, why don't you tell us sort of who you are, what you do on the mod, and uh, sort of your specialty. Well, uh, I'm Dinus. My nick is Furling. I'm basically one of the two mod leaders, along with Freeman, and I'm the lead mapper level designer. Interesting. All right, and uh, Evan? Um, I what? My screen name's Ark. Um, I was the lead sort of community member. Um, upon uh, arranging this interview, I uh, ended up being one of the uh, <laughs> one of the team. So. There you go. So <laughs> you're a your community manager then? Um. Yes, and I also arrange uh, external interviews and stuff like the podcast center. 17 interview. Okay. How are we doing right now? <laughs> and Noodles? Hey guys, uh, yeah, I'm the lead modeler. Um, I do all the 3D graphics and stuff. Um, I also do a bit of the mapping, um, such as the SGC and stuff. Mapping. Yeah. So who does the uh, the coding and sounds and stuff like that? Um, that would be uh, Freeman551. The leader of the mob. Yes. One of the leaders. Co-leader. Yes, co-leaders. Cool. And is he is he with you guys? Um, I think he is in the live stream. chat. Okay. So he's super shy, is he? Um, well, he doesn't have a mic. That's why. I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, tell, t let it be known. We're gonna be asking questions and that might not be answerable by these fellows. So if that's the case, feel free to yell at them and answer, and they'll relay it to us. So. <laughs> But um, carrying on from that, let's get started. Um, William, do you have any pressing issues that you'd like to get out of the way before I start? I guess the most, let's just get head on right into the interview. And uh, I'll start with my sort of sticky question. And the one thing that we notice about Stargate mods here on Podcast 17 in, is that they're, they're many and close between. <laughs> um, so can you sort of tell us... Give us a rundown on what separates Stargate Legacy from other Stargate mods out there in the Half-Life community. For people who don't follow Stargate. There's a lot of people who don't follow Stargate and don't know much about the series. Uh, well, I think uh, our mod is basically the most objective-oriented. Mm -hmm. At least uh, people say that, uh, players. Um, we sort of made a quick release, but uh, it was basically Half-Life 1 models from Stargate EC, Half-Life 1 mod, ported to Source Engine. And basically, we all were uh, new to modding. I basically, in the two years, learned that everything I know about mapping while working on Legacy. And uh, now we are working on second version, and at least from amount of news and updates, I think we are the most lively mod the most live mod target out there. Right, Man, and we'll uh, will, the, will the new version include, um, you know, your own custom content, or will it still have sort of placeholder um, models? 
it will be new content. Right. Interesting. Okay, well, Emmanuel, how about you ask some questions, and then uh, I'll get right back to it. Okay. Um, what's being a uh, well, actually, you're one of the only mods that doesn't hide behind the veil of war multiplayer mod, ha 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 ha, and you're actually going to be doing a single player foray. Um, why? How do you do? You plan on incorporating the two, the single player and multiplayer, in any way? Um. Well, if you're familiar with the original Stargate TC in any fashion, you will know that um, the missions set up for multiplayer sort of had a story to them. So you could easily toss a couple of bots and NPC grid in a in a multiplayer map to make it a single player. But it is one of our plans to add um, dedicated single player maps and story. Yeah, I'd have. I'd have to say we work, we are going to be we have got ideas in the pipeline for working on a single player a single player mod, but we're concentrating mostly on the multiplayer aspect at the moment because we want to get this right. We want to get it out before we start diverting our resources and our attention away from that. And if we can get multiplayer released, get it out of the way, and get a good game out there, then we can start putting down all our ideas, our plot lines, all our all our new content and things for single player version. And then we can start, you know, working on that. Um with that said, do you find uh well, so really the single player hasn't even really been started yet. This is just kind of a let's finish a multiplayer and then we'll start the single player. Yeah, it it pretty much is. I mean, we we have been, you know, throwing ideas around um just bring together cool plot lines, thinking, you know, hey, we should chuck this in because, you know, this would be really cool. But it hasn't really got that much far beyond that because we want to do the multiplayer first. Mm. All right. Yeah, how does, I... uh, yeah go, William. No, go. Oh, I was just going to ask uh, a pretty generic question. How does uh, Stargate stay with the canon? Like, what sort of things are you following from the series for all those Stargate listeners out there? And what sort of things are you making your own, you know, for the Source engine? Um... Well, unlike the majority of Stargate mods, we are not using the four characters from SG-1, so you won't see, like, five million O'Neill class. <laughs> um, but that said, we are planning on taking their, um, their specialities, so you'll have a commander. You'll have a scientist who can... Uh, I think it's in the game now. You can actually hack stuff to open shortcuts and that. Um, an archaeologist, um, and, uh, support class. And, uh, for the ghoul, there will be Ball, who cloned himself and is the big evil guy towards the end of the series. Um, and, uh, rather than having a mess of classes, we're just going to have, um, one, uh, one house guard, so I think we're going with Horus. That would be the bird guys. Right. Um, generic Jaffa without a helmet, and um, an Ashrak, which would be uh, your stealth assassin type guy. So it seems like you guys are concentrating on creating your own types of classes based on the Stargate canon. Is that sort of what we should assume? Yes. That's about it. That's so, really interesting. So you're sort of turning it into your own little game with uh, 
with your own little spin on things. I like how you guys do have your own... Um, because whenever I played a Stargate mod, you're right. It seems like I'm playing the characters from the series and not sort of classes like you said, a scientist, an archaeologist, an airman, or a commander. That, that's something really interesting um, to see in your mod. So I, you, I, I've got a real quick question. Real quick. What's the, are you modeling after the TV series, the movies, or the movie, or the books? Like, what, what are you following? Um, mostly the TV series. Um, we might be going into um, the uh, Continuum movie. Stargate Continuum, because that deals with balls, so we might have a mission centered around that, but other than that, mostly um, season, the later seasons in the show. Have, uh, have the licensers sent a group of large black men to beat you up for <laughs> um, taking their IP? Yeah, are you guys worried about cease and desist or anything like that? Um... While there is no uh, commercial company and MGM was pretty okay with it, they just because uh, uh, Interwave, the 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 Last Stand developers, um, were actually a commercial company at that point. Ah, uh, okay. So oh, what they, does that so mean for... MGM? So MGM had to get them to sign the agreement just as a formality because otherwise there could be um, legal problems. I don't understand. What, what yeah, agreement are you talking about? Yeah, explain that um, to people who are better at math than business. I, I honestly don't remember what it was, but um, there was some sort of... There's a legal thing about them. It's a commercial company, so it's actually incorporated. It's an actual company, Interwave, now. So they actually had to sign um, some sort of agreement. And um, as far as I know, nothing with... Stargate Legacy is a corporation or a company or anything like that. Huh. So you're just saying that at the moment you haven't been contacted by them and you don't know anything else? Um, basically. Okay. <laughs> well, what are you, you going to do if you do get a C&D? Um, they haven't done it to anybody else. So... Did any of the other Stargate mods get any CNDs? No, I don't think so. That's, oh. that's basically what uh, Evan's saying. Yeah, huh. the only the only one they weren't going to cease and desist um uh, the last stand, but there was some uh, legal stuff they had to go through to make it so that no one could try to do legal damage and sue them because mm -hmm. they were a company using their IP versus independent guys, right? Right. Okay, I understand. So, so basically, basically what Kindred fan was saying, Inter, Inter, Interwave contacted MGM. They allowed Interwave to make a Stargate mod as so long as they didn't make any profit. So it's sort of going to be the same for everybody else, you're assuming? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're going... I don't know if you can hear me at the moment, but yeah, yeah we're going, along the, yeah. We're going yeah. along the lines that they haven't contacted us. They haven't said anything specifically about it. Um, we're going along with the way that it's really fan art. And of course, we're not going to be making any money from it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I guess I got some more questions before Philip and Emmanuel get into the, the thick of it. Um, and I guess most notably, um, are you guys listening to sort of your community? Do you get a lot of people? <laughs> a lot of people get on your backs about sticking to canon because is there a lot of Stargate um, fans? Actually, no. No, you don't no. get a lot of heat yeah. like that? 
we don't really get that many people saying, you know, you should you should stick to the series. You should do it between this point in the TV show and say another mm. point in the TV show. Um, yeah, people seem to be quite relaxed about that, to be honest. Would you say it's more about a mod for you guys rather than the community, though? Like, for example, if the community told you today, if, if everybody in the community basically told you today that uh, they don't like your class system and they, they think you guys should just stick to the characters of Stargate, would you change that or would you just sort of create it, keep it your own? You know, I honestly don't know. Um, I'd, I'd honestly like to say that we do it for the community, but we have so much fun cr just creating this mod that maybe we would just go down our own route. To be honest, I think we would listen to the community in order to keep things alive. Right. But it is just so much fun. But there's nothing wrong with the alternative, so I think that was a good answer. Um, and there's a lot of people in the live stream asking, are you guys going to be adding any video or vehicles or anything like that? Any plans? Uh, we, we have been doing a little bit of support for vehicles, but it hasn't been anything major, and we haven't got anything written down for vehicles yet, but it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. and, and my last question for this little series, I guess, is you guys seem very like distant across the globe. Um, so how, how does your development cycle work for any modders out there? How do you guys keep up to date with each other? Do you guys have regular meetings? Um, do you guys maybe have a forum or something like that? Um, we have yeah, a forum. Well, uh, sorry, go ahead, Noodles. Yeah, we, well, we've got the forum, obviously, um, where we put down all our we put down the kind of content if we want to show it to the other guys, but mostly we do it over IRC. Um, so we're just, we're almost constantly on there and just chatting to each other and sort of now through that. Mm -hmm. All right, Emmanuel, do you have anything? What is the most fun for, for you guys when you're developing? I mean, there's always stuff that you don't like to do. We know, for instance, Matthew Dryden hates doing the PR stuff. He'd rather be making his mod, but he loves doing the, the managerial work of actually, you know, working with the, the team members and making stuff. That's what he does it for. So what about you guys? What what's the most fun for for you when you're developing your mod? I think as a modeler, um, I think for me it's when I get when I get something new. When I get when I get to create a new weapon or, or a new a player player character or something like that and get it in the game. And once you see it in that in the game and you're thinking, yeah, it's your creation and it's in there and you're using it. I think I think that's really the big point for me um as far as things i don't like doing i suppose i'd have to say weight mapping because it is an absolute chore um what's that it's basically when you when you set the mesh you've got the mesh if you like the uh the, the character or the body as it were and then you've got the skeletons um the bones and whatnot and you've got to sort of attach the mesh of the character to the valve biped as it were in such a way that when the bones move it flexes the mesh accurately and it actually looks like a, a person as opposed to say a robot and it can be quite tricky it's, it's very much sort of trial and error really and you're just constantly compiling going back in and then seeing oh hang on a minute that doesn't look right go back do it all over again hmm. that's something i never really considered in terms of modeling evan well, how about you, for you what's your what's your favorite part and what's your most hated part i guess about development um even though My favorite part was submitting ideas to the team and having them uh, accept them and discuss them with me. Because until last week, I was actually not part of the dev team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so they do take gameplay ideas and suggestions and stuff. And really, uh, I was surprised when I joined the dev team. A lot, they really discuss these ideas in depth if they like them. So. Right. Okay, guys, so 
this is a question individually, first of all. Um, if you were to look at the time that you spend playing multiplayer or single player, how would you divide it? Noodles first. Your time playing. 60, 40, 20, 20, 80? What? Sorry, I've kind of missed the question there. I'm asking how often do you play single player compared to you play multiplayer? I'd have to say I play multiplayer almost all the time. All um, right. Okay. Yeah, so really what qualifies that. you then to make a single player game? Uh, I'd have to say experience of playing single player games. I mean, what qualification does anyone have of playing a, of, of creating single player games unless they've played it? I mean, everyone starts off on the same foot here. Even even game developers in in large studios, they all have to start somewhere. Sure, but didn't unless I misheard you, didn't you? I just hear you say that you don't play single player games. You only played multiplayer games. I'd say lately I play a lot more multiplayer games. You know things like TF2, CS Source, but you know years ago when this game was around, I was playing more single-player games like Half-Life, Half-Life Two. Um, All right, know. okay. All right. What about you, Evan? What's your split? Um, it really depends on how I feel. I, lately, I tend the to, last. I tend to if I just want to go and. Have some fun. I um, I'll fire up Minerva or something else. Single player. That's so. If I, I want to have some a long time. I like. The okay. The reason the reason say. I'm asking here is because I'm very skeptical that you're going to be able to put out a multiplayer game and a single player game that's that's good at both. I mean, can anybody tell me a, a mod that's done that? I'm not saying uh, it hasn't, but can somebody tell me? I can't. Well, actually. Uh, all right, this is my problem. This is my problem is that when you see a mod, and don't misunderstand me, I have huge respect for what you're doing, but too often we say, we're building a multiplayer, but we're going to build a single player later, and it never happens. And I would much prefer somebody says, I hate single player. I'm not even going to waste <laughs> my time on that. I'm just going to build a multiplayer more. No, I let them. I'd rather see it. I'd rather see them try because I mean, how I think the big problem is building the assets. Once you have the assets and the guns and the models and all that, then it must be easy. Oh, I don't think so. That's like it's, the conversation we had last time when you know, well, just because you can use an engine doesn't you know make you a mapper. Just because well, you've got assets doesn't mean you can make a great single player game. I'm I not saying that these guys can't. I guess you're welcome to help. Like, Obviously, <laughs> no, not a developer. I'm just the guy who thinks he can do it, but really he can't. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> the main the point is once we've got those assets uh, for a single player, from a multiplayer to a single player, it is really down to mapping. Um, and you know, we can work on this and we can spend more time as well because I think people are more eager for the multiplayer. Um, which is why we're going to get that out of the way first, and then we can spend all this time that we had have we did have on the multiplayer on the single player. So we'll have a lot more time to spend on it, and then we can sit down, get round together, and say, look, okay, let's do this, this, and this. We can plan it out. We can work out exactly what we need to do, when we need to do it, what more, what other assets we may need that we haven't created. But we haven't had the time to do that, and we we haven't wanted to do it yet. All right. Well, it, okay. I, I mean, my, one of my questions. Go on, him anyway. Technically, it's going to be difficult it, because once you have you, building the multiplayer mod, is going to be difficult, obviously, because you have to build the assets from scratch and then you actually have your mod. But when you see mods like Neo Tokyo say, "No, no, no, there's no way we'll do single player," it's not because it's hard; it's because they're lazy. 
because they spend all that time doing the multiplayer. They don't want to even look at their mod unless they absolutely have to. No, I so, don't think it's due to laziness. It's due to their motivation. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Maybe these guys don't want to make It's not technical limitations. Enough. It's limitations of being a human being. You, you, don't, you want to do something else now. Well, th that's really what I'm trying to get to, is that maybe once you've finished building your multiplayer, and that's another point, do you ever finish building a multiplayer, are you really going to build the single player? My point of view is, if you really want to build a single player, build a single player. I think what uh, we should pr sort of voice what Freeman's saying in the live stream, and is saying he, our single player won't be conventional, it will be based on Stargate missions, so different missions you can choose. It won't be like a story-driven thing, you'll be able to uh, almost choose a single mission um, and then just play through it, which I think is different, because that's almost like developing um, a campaign-based multiplayer map. Just now you're playing it solo, solo with bots. Is that sort of noodles? Maybe you can maybe clarify or Evan. Is that sort of the direction that Stargate is trying to choose or go in? Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the directions we're definitely considering. Um, having a almost in a way a multiplayer game on a single PC, I suppose you call it, with the AI. Uh, you get your missions and then you select a mission. So you kind of got different maps. So it's not that far different from multiplayer, really. Um, and like Philip said, you know, is a multiplayer game ever finished? Well, no, but once we, that's the thing. If we sit down and really work at multiplayer now, it's 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 far more likely that there's going to be less to do in the future. Uh, we, we'd have to release less updates. We'd have to release less patches if we get it right first time round. Mm -hmm. mm, I'm skeptical. Sorry, nothing to do with your ability. Yeah. But it, I don't think it's always about getting it right. It's just, it's, I mean, some no matter how much work you put in, things change and feel, things develop. And, you know, you'll have this game type that you'll try and maybe it won't work and then you'll want to adapt it. Keep, I mean, nobody around. gets it right first time, do they? I mean, even Valve. Valve are continually yeah. updating, you know, TF2. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, look at our original release, Beta 1. We didn't get it right. I mean, admittedly, it was only a gameplay release. We never intended it to be a massive... A, a sort of whole release. It was mm -hmm. it was always about the gameplay as opposed to the, the graphics and the visualization. But you're right, we didn't get it right. We went back and we had this motivation to completely take it from scratch over again and make a better version. So yeah, things change, which is why we've never we've we've never actually definitively said there will be a single player, but it's something we've always put in the pipeline. It's something we've always talked about keep, keep in mind Philip does nothing but single player so that he he's very adamant on making sure that his, his opinions are viewed on no this. no no i mean i'm i'm all i'm adamant about is if you if you say we're going to make a multiplayer game great just because i don't play it doesn't mean i can't recognize you know that it's a great thing and thousands of people play them but i'm just very skeptical about we're going to make a multiplayer then we're going to make a single player um because it doesn't seem to have happened before and i'm also skeptical that making the multiplayer first is the best way to go because I don't agree that making an SP is just about mapping it's more it's more than that which is why SP maps are so much harder to make um, but as I say don't don't misunderstand me I'm being aggressive and confrontational not because yeah. I really think that you're making the mistake but because I just want to really make you question are we doing the right thing should we you know do things differently that's all well, that's if, my 
objective. If you do follow the this the multiplayer and then making the single player, is it going to be runnable within the same mod? I.e., if if you have the mod, you just download the multiplayer, and then the multiplayer will have the single player built in, so you just launch the one mod. I think that's what we're planning. Uh, well, I'm not a coder, so I I honestly don't know what limitations of the of of source the source are. But I think lately you tend to see that any any mod that has single player and a multiplayer, they tend to be different uh, sort of different applications you open them much separately. Back in Half Life One, you'd have multiplayer and single player in the same package, but I don't know of anything where you really see that these days. So honestly, I don't know. It's really down to the coders to decide um, because they're the ones putting it together. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too important anyway. I mean, if you know, you build a standalone multiplayer game, and then a, f- a few months or probably a few years down the line, you say, okay, now we now got the single player, so we just release another installer or we just release yeah. another mod. I don't, I don't see it's I important it, to have both I, in the same one. I think stuff like that's important because it looks more it looks more professional and I just it just feels more solid when people take the time to do stuff like that instead of having oh. to download a patch every two weeks for a mod and things like that. that yeah, but that's different from having the single player and the multiplayer in the same mod itself. I mean, that, that's completely different. You know, I don't, ha- I don't have a problem. I mean, if you release a single player mod and then a multiplayer mod separately, I don't see that that as being unprofessional. Yeah. I, think it's simply, I think it's simply a case of we'll cross that hurdle when we come to it. You know, yeah. it hasn't really presented itself as a major thing yet. We're not ready to do that yet. I just wait till we get there. Okay, maybe I missed this question earlier on, but uh, William was talking about Canon and assets. Am I correct in understanding that you're going to be adding things that were not part of the original game, uh, sorry, the original TV show or the movie or anything? Is that right? Have I I understood that correctly? Yeah, but I suppose in a minimal way, it's more adding locations, I suppose. I think that's going to be more down on the mapping side. As for the modeling side for characters and weapons, I think that's going to be pretty much canon. Um, But obviously it's going to be impossible to create good gameplay and good levels um, while sticking completely to the the series, because the TV show is completely different from the video game. Mm, you're, you're, You're skipping on me, but... Just to clarify, you're saying it's going to be impossible to make really good gameplay only sticking with the assets of the TV show and the film? I think it's going to be easiest if we can leave the canon, but we're not going to be leaving it in such a way that it's a huge leap. You know, people are going to not going to come across anything that's new. It's just maybe extending the story a little bit just so we can, you know, put in our extra gameplay. I mean... We'll have a different location, but maybe looking for an artifact or something that was in the original TV series. Okay, no, that's cool, because I'd be worried. I mean, I'm a huge Stargate fan. I've seen every episode, every film, (laughs) everything. Um, Are you? I didn't know that, Philip. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great combination of science fiction and military. It's just, like, perfect for me. I love it. Um, And I would be concerned um, that there would be something that you introduced that... As a you know a big fan, I'd be thinking, no, nah, that, that to me doesn't seem right. And of course, somebody else might say, oh, that's perfect. Um, so that was yeah. a, a important question for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, we're all big fans ourselves, so we we know where the limitations are, I suppose, and how far we can go with it. I mean, we're we're going to take something like we're going to create our own level, and we'll base it around a storyline of, say, an artifact from Osiris and just 
plonk it in there. But the, the level will have never been seen before in a Stargate TV show. Sure, but it's sure. Using a storyline has been used on a on a TV show. No, that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I mean I'm happy. Not that you care that I'm happy, but I'm happy <laughs> that you're doing that because you know there has to be some creative license, and of course, creating new levels and extending the storyline is good. I was just concerned that you'd introduce a new alien or a new weapon, and you know, no, the uh, community would say, I'm "Oh, no way. Way. I mean." Yeah, at the most we're talking about is possibly introduction of a new weapon, but if we ever did that, we would seriously think about it. We'd seriously look at it and think, does it fit in? Can people think and just know how to do with it? You're cutting out again. But, yeah. But we get the oh, gist of it. I, okay, so... Think... Yeah, go, William. I've been talking for too long. Go. I just wanted to ask, sort of to, to go in a different direction. I think what people really care about right now is Beta 2, and uh, can you can you maybe tell us what's that? No, sorry. <laughs> can can you maybe tell us um, other than you know adding your own assets and stuff like that? What will be changing uh, most notably in beta two, and when can we maybe expect it? Um, gameplay is going to yeah. be. If you read the descriptions on the website, there's uh, beta one and beta two descriptions. Mm -hmm. They are completely different. Okay. Oh yeah. I see. Yeah. Oh, so I'm just going to expand on that. Um, yeah, there is going to be uh, quite a lot of new gameplay, but we're not going to we're not really changing the direction. Uh, okay. um, yeah, it's, it's going to be involved gameplay. It's not going to be a deathmatch kind of thing, you know, like some of the other mods where we are going to base our whole mod around gameplay like we did before, but we're just going to extend that gameplay, um, test out some new ideas. Um, also with beta 2 we're working a lot more on the graphics side of it we want it to be a more polished and more complete game unlike beta 1 which was you know just to show off what we were doing and the ideas um so that's the main reason uh there are some other things in the pipeline i'm not going to say what they are because we want to keep them secret and it's not guaranteed that we're going to put them in yet um as for release, uh, date, release date yeah release date i honestly can't give you that i, I really can't um we haven't really even talked about a release date. We're just working on it, and we get, you know, we're getting to a point where we, we've got the build. We're adding content. We're still adding new ideas. So, you know, I can't say anything about release date, but we're getting there. You know, we're able to produce media. We're, we're looking for video, things like that. I've got some questions about the gameplay. Um, and remember, I'm, you know, I've played Unreal Tournament once online yeah. and that's about it really so what happens is that you join a server and a few of your friends are a stargate um team and then a few of your enemies are a bunch of you know gold or something is that right yeah that's um, yes and um, is it is it like a capture the flag or is it wipe everybody out first i mean do you have any new gameplay modes planned yeah um, i mean We've actually been working on a sort of capture the flag style idea. I mean, it sounds so crude saying capture the flag. It does bring up ideas of Unreal Tournament. I mean, it's going to be kind of capture the flag, but we're going to keep it to the Stargate series. So it's going to be okay. an capture the artifact. Get back to the base. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of different gameplay, and the way the mod is being created is it's actually leaving lots of the matters. Um, so the mappers can really be creative, and it's, it's them to get down to it and create the storyline to their map. So using, what, have, using what we've given. 
got okay will you have different maps for different gameplay modes or do you think you'll be able to adapt the maps to a few different types of gameplay modes uh, i have to say we'd have different maps with different gameplay modes i think each map will be quite unique um because it's all down to the mapper i don't think you could ever really reproduce a map and have it exactly the same no have you got a list on your website of the the planned gameplay modes or is no, that still not, something that you're talking about? Still, well, we, we've pretty much finished talking about it. We're implementing it, but we're getting new ideas all the time. So we're throwing them around. So we don't have a list yet. Um, okay. At least definitely not one that we can publish those. What, what about um, features? And, and speaking of which, what, what kind of features are you guys not able to implement because of limitations? Stuff that you wish you could? Uh, I think... I think with the success of TF2, um, there's a lot of features you can look at on that and you can think, hey, you know, we should put this in the mod. People really like it in TF2. Or even in Left 4 Dead, you know, some of the, the graphics stuff that you see in Left 4 Dead, like the dynamic torches, you think, hey, let's put that in. But it's a, it's a, a line, a, you've got to draw the line between putting in loads of really cool stuff and making sure that people can still play the game on a relatively low-end PC. So it's quite difficult to decide what we're going to put in and what we're not going to put in, and we kind of have to test it through and see if it will work, work out well with everyone. Hmm. And what about sounds? Who's do, who does the sounds for you? Uh, the sounds, Coombdoom does the sounds. He's our PR guy, and he, uh, he does the sounds as well. He's been having a lot of fun lately working with music, and uh, we've got also going to have background music with some of our maps. Um, it's it really is awesome. I'm I'm absolutely loving what he does for us, and it really does help to create a, a, a proper atmosphere when you when you're playing. Very Speaking cool. about that, actually, you guys have a, a an exclusive media release that uh, that Josh Coom uh, Doom has sent us, and uh, I guess it contains. Maybe you can talk about the media it contained. It contains some sort of uh, audio sample. Yeah, I believe that's the music for the. Uh, for the intro when you start the game. I honestly don't know exactly which piece of music it is again, but it, yeah, it's either that or it's a background gameplay uh, music. Would you like us to play that now, or do you want to wait till the yeah, end? Yeah, feel free, go for it. Okay, let's, uh, let's just play that up right now.
Wow, that's fantastic. Kundu that created cool. that, yes? Yeah, Kundu yeah, created no, that. Yeah, I'm talking to him on the live stream now. Fantastic. Did a great job there. Very impressive. And does he do that as a job or is that just... No, well, he, he's at college at the moment. I believe he does something pretty similar. Um, but yeah, he, he pretty much just does that for us and on it on his own back and when, you know, in his free time, really. Wow. Wow, that's it's absolutely fantastic. That's probably one of the most in, the better intro songs I've ever heard from a mod ever. It sounds really professional. Yeah, and it also sounds close enough to the original that you'd get the you yeah, know if you heard that and when you were a Stargate fan, you would think, oh, well, that must have been in a TV yeah. show or something. And it also um, it also mixes uh, the um, Atlantis theme with more of more classic SG One type mm. music, so it sort of binds that together and they could do something with yeah i mean congratulations great great work thanks <laughs> That's, well, yeah. I, I stuff like we always tout about voice acting but i think the music is critical too it really mm. is even yeah, on a I multiplayer would... game oh yeah yes definitely. look at neo tokyo <laughs> it, 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 i bought the cd because i liked it so much it's, it's amazing well, don't you mean listen to neo tokyo <laughs> Not look at it, but listen to it. No, yeah, I, I mean, it's a genuine question because I don't play these things. It doesn't make any, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't have of, any audio in Neo Tokyo, so yeah, <laughs> I don't honestly, get any music. I can't think of many multiplayer games that really use music. It's generally single player games that do it when there's like a boss ma uh, boss battle coming up or something like that, and they want to really set the scene. But I think this is a really good step forward for setting the atmosphere, and I think it will really involve the players in the game a lot more. But, I mean, are you producing music for the game, the actual gameplay itself? Or, I mean, I know that this is just the intro music, but will more music be produced for in-game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's already done, I think, two or three pieces for certain maps. There's going to be a lot more. Hmm. Okay. Great. Well, I have to say that sounds... Absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well done. At first, I thought it was just like a cut from uh, from action, from Stargate, but if it's original, wow. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. that's that's something I always think about when I when I listen to the pieces, and I think, you know, does it sound like it's actually come from Stargate? I think that's a really important mm. thing. I think Kim Doom's really achieved that. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Are you going to have any voice acting in the mod for instructions or you know taunts or anything like that? Uh, that's something we've been talking about um, at the moment. We've only been talking about it. It would be really cool. I think we're definitely going to have a radio. So there will be there will be radio taunts. And yeah, it's difficult to get good voice acting for that. But we're just going to persevere and see what we can get. Well, if you would like me to send you an audition reel, I'll happily do that. And if you feel that I'm suitable, then absolutely, um, yeah, cool. we'll, we'll we'll put you at the top of the list. No, put me in the middle of the list and decide whether you like the kind of voice I've done. That's all. Not at the top. <laughs> Spoilers. No. Actually, I don't know what I would do if I heard your voice in the middle of a mod. Well, I Dude, heard I've it done in, loads uh, of mods. The intro for Strider Mountain, it's sort of eerie to hear Philip in there. Really? He's in Strider Mountain? Yeah. I've done loads of mods. Probably oh. 10 by now. Not all of them released yet, but... <laughs> the more you know. I'm doing voice acting for City 17 episode 1. Really? Yeah. How'd you do that? That's bull. How come I didn't get in it? Because you've got a crap voice, that's why. I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> anyway, right, we'll contact um, me if you want to. Yeah. Did Emmanuel, do you have any more questions? 
No, that's it. Tell us. Time to wrap this sucker up. No, I'm done. I've been confrontational enough for one day. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. It's it's a shame uh, Danis couldn't get his latency issues working, and and it was a shame about your your audio quality noodles. But I think I think we got some pretty good questions in there. So thank you guys for coming on the show. Evan yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys thanks for having, having us. us. Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. You guys, you guys can stick around for the last little bit. We're doing the Planet Philip uh, poll question. So if you guys have anything to add about add about that, and I guess. I don't know. How about you just ask it, Philip? I don't need to play your voice. No, of course not. I mean, I recorded it because I wasn't supposed to be coming on the show this week. But right. uh, the poll question this week is simply, do you think that the research and development mod will spawn more puzzle mods? No. That's the... That's the yes. No. <laughs> but Moving on. None of them will be finished. <laughs> nope. Current, um, current voting as we speak, which is 6 p.m., uh, 5 p.m. GMT is 54% say yes, 26% say no, and 20% say maybe. Personally, I say no. I don't think people will make more mods because of it. But they might include a bit more interesting puzzle within their mod than they would have done if they hadn't yeah, played it. I agree with you. I don't think that people are going to turn around and say, see, this is our problem. We, don't, we need a puzzle mod. I don't think people are going to turn around and just start making puzzle mods. But I think that mods that we normally wouldn't see with them will start to have cooler puzzles or more importantly just see features that weren't implemented in Half-Life 2 that should have been because there's like 50 different things that you can do in Half-Life 2 but no one does so mm -hmm. and that's a good and like thing. I said I I think there will be a lot of people trying to make uh, puzzle mods and then uh, just dropping it because they get bored or something it's mm, a good point. They might start and then realize, geez, this is really hard work. It is. Well, puzzle mods, you need a lot of creativity. Um, that's the one thing about puzzle mods. I mean, it's it's remarkably easier to make just sort of your standard single-player mod than to create something like research and development. And like I said, the uh, the exact issue is you know creativity. You need to really sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and draw out your maps before you actually do them. And I can guarantee the research and development guys did that. I guarantee that's what uh, um, Robert Yang does from Radiator because these steps are needed to create proper puzzle mods. And as soon as developers start realizing that they have to plan before they map, then that's when we'll see some really interesting things. But a lot, no, not enough people do that yet. So. Yeah, yeah, I've recently conducted an interview with the guy who made Mission Improbable. And one of my questions was, you know, how much pre-hammer work do you do and he said like yeah, a lot you know and he's got like a hundred iterations of his map as well and um i just hope that research and development makes people realize that there's so much more interesting possibilities than we've done we've had so far than even valve had used and maybe yeah, even the stargate legacy guys will say mm, okay yeah we could do something you know more interesting no, in the stargate universe even that's that's an interesting thing to bring up they use more assets from that engine than they did for episode one and two combined so mm. say that again uh they used more uh assets from the source engine than valve did in episode one and two combined really so, oh yeah. In, research yeah research and development you know that yeah. it was one guy yeah you keep talking about they it's one guy no that there's a pr guy too he deserves <laughs> is he what, what pr guy there's the guy who posts on the there's the there's what's his name the the Italian dude and then there's someone who posts the news and everything. Well, okay, I don't know about him, but Marciello yeah. or Marciello, 
he's posted all the stuff on Interlopers, which is really the official homepage. And um, I haven't seen anybody posting any other stuff. Well, when we interview anyway. them, we'll, we'll ask them, not him. How about that? <laughs> all right. Good luck with that. <laughs> if, if I have to, I will make up someone. I'm not going to lose. Anyway, so I think I think our answers are pretty adamant. I don't think it's going to spawn anything more than uh, than we already see. It's up to the developers, really. Yeah. It's, it's all said and good to say you're going to make a, a puzzle map. Everybody's been a puzzle mod. Everybody knows that they're golden, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. anyway, do you, well, I, more importantly, do you want to see things like that? Yeah, well, in moderation. Really? In moderation. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, don't. I, wouldn't, I was discussing this with somebody. I mean, if somebody could combine action, you know, like fragfesting yeah. and shooting and stuff with that mod, there would be no doubt in my mind that that would be the best mod ever made for any game ever, with all due respect to the Stargate guys. Um,. It was it was great, but I would have liked to have had some shooting anyway. You, you know, in offshore where there's like two or three times when you're you have these huge fights, like forty. Mm -hmm. If they could just do in one of those, just one climax yeah. thing, that'd have been brilliant. But yeah. Oh well. But still. Now they know. So anyway, so I think that's the end of the episode. That is uh, the I end of this episode. I just wanted to say one more thing. Uh, Freeman wanted us to. Uh, to say that the Stargate Legacy teams are looking for more modelers, so if there's anywhere anyone out there who models or codes, says Coom Dude, um, get a hold of them. Their website is uh, StargateLegacy.net, right? StargateLegacy.net, or you can check out their ModDB profile page, and uh, all their information is up on there as well. So, I guess without further ado, I think that's the end of the episode. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Emmanuel. Thank yes, you sir. for inviting me. Yep. Oh, can we, can we expect you next week, Bill? No, because I'm on holiday for the next two weeks. I'll be in London. But you, London is I, holiday for you? <laughs> yeah, because Dude, I, I get to, to London. visit my friends. So that's yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on holiday the next month. I'm going to go to the meat factory. So. Okay. London's a huge city. What's wrong with London? It's stressful, though, isn't it? You told me how stressful it was. Me? No, um... Phil, he, he told me yeah, about... Living, living and working there can be stressful, but probably living and working in Cuba could be stressful as well. But. <laughs> well, no, living in Cuba, not Anyway, dying. I'm going to be there for the next two weeks visiting my friends, but then when I come back, I'm going to make a huge concerted effort to be on as many shows as possible if Will will have me. Well, you know what? I think our, our little discussion from Straight From the Valve is probably one of the best discussions we've got on Podcast 17. Mm, good. good one this week. Yeah. Um, not to toot our own horn or anything. Beep. Well, that, that's a very small horn there. It's, that's what everybody says like about a, me. Like a cavalcade of, of just horn playing. But that's just a little... That's sad. We need a very... Anyway. Small modular combat's got a module for that. <laughs> Where are they? Anyway, that's the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in every Sunday. 10 a.m. EDT. Yes. When daylight this, is, this is the part where the music plays in. Da 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 da